If you love Bioneers Radio, it's free and easy to support us. Just take a moment to post a review on our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find our show online. You'll be helping other people find and enjoy these incredible thinkers and storytellers. And thank you for helping us out. This week on the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature. I don't want to be stuck in a world of negativity. Change starts with us. Now more than ever before, tomorrow is today. Tomorrow is today. I'm Neil Harvey. Please join us this week when our guests will be seven youth leaders. It's Making Tomorrow Today, The Power of Youth on the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. This program was made possible in part by Organic Valley's pasture-raised organic dairy products, bringing the good from our family farmers to your table at organicvalley.coop. There is always a dynamic tension, a push and pull between past and future. The power of elders is to carry the wisdom of the past, while the power of youth is to ignite visions for the future. Both are essential for the world to be whole. But the past can also carry fossilized traditions and the dead weight of history. We need our young people to ask why, and even more importantly, why not? These days, we need our young to question old assumptions, to liberate the imagination, to dream a better world, a world unbound by the limits of our own thinking. In the next half hour, we'll hear from seven young dreamers who each have both feet on the ground. Join us as we explore Making Tomorrow Today, The Power of Youth. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. Tomorrow is today. Mind foggy like overcast with questions that lead me to ask what's to become of my generation the power of youth. Our first power source is Romani Hong. Romani is a performer in the Destiny Arts Youth Performance Company, a program that comes out of the Oakland-based nonprofit Destiny Arts Center. Destiny is a violence prevention center that's been empowering youth ages 3 to 18 in after-school, weekend, and summer programs for over 17 years. Romani performed her poetry in front of an audience of thousands at a recent Bioneers conference. Tomorrow is today. Mind foggy like overcast with questions that lead me to ask what's to become of my generation. Tomorrow's approaching fast and I'm still asking what do we do now? I was born into a world where turf wars and wars overseas is why thick scarlet cover bodies. Where safety equals knives and guns and silver bullets is why we bury loved ones. I was born into ghettos, where halters and mini skirts strut Pablo and stilettos. A nine to five isn't enough, so our brothers, cousins, friends start selling that illegal stuff. Do business with fiends, while young minds possess the thug mentality, embarking on a journey of violence and fatality. I was born into a place where the odds are against me, young woman of color born and raised in a town. Same old, same old hopelessness, sun up to sundown. Expectations of not getting far because of who you are, who I am. 
I'm going to work in time bomb, I suppose, because there are those who wait to see me fall, wait to prove a stereotype or become another statistic, but still, I stay optimistic. Because, see, I have visions that are bigger. You must be the change you wish to see in the world, Gandhi said, and that phrase keeps replaying, replaying, replaying in my head. I don't want to be stuck in a world of negativity or surrounded by those involved in criminal activity. Change starts with me. Change starts with us. We are the ones we've been waiting for now more than ever before. Tomorrow is today. Tomorrow is today. Tomorrow is today. The Destiny Arts Youth Performance Company's Romani Hong. Close your eyes. Come on, don't be shy. Close your eyes, close your eyes. And picture something you're passionate about in your head. A passion, an interest, a hobby. Doesn't matter what it is. It could be about math. It could be about marine mammals. It could be about the environment. It could be about social justice, business, anything. Soccer. Just picture in your head and hold on to it for a second. What if you're able to pursue that passion, that interest, in a way that made a difference in someone else's life? In a way that could help? In a way that could spread a message? In a way that could work toward a better future for us all? Okay, open your eyes. What if you could? Jessica Remington, age 19, is the founder of One World Youth Project, a unique global sister school initiative for middle and high school students. One World links school groups in the U.S. with students from around the world in learning partnerships. Last summer, I too had a dream, a passion. I started thinking, what if we got youth from different countries talking about big issues like AIDS, poverty, environmental sustainability? And what if we inspired them to take those large, seemingly intimidating problems and develop local projects to help meet those needs? So last summer, with about $200, a paper flyer, and a lot of really big ideas, I decided to take a year off before going to college to try to create that dream, to create One World Youth Project that would connect schools in the U.S. with schools from around the world together, middle and high schools, together in sister school relationships that would have cultural exchange and then help youth take these big problems like AIDS, like poverty, and take local action together. So a lot of people told me I was crazy, that it was impossible for an 18-year-old to start an NGO, but now it's a real organization. We have 36 schools participating this year from 19 countries and 7 U.S. states and a volunteer staff of 12 university students. So you can take action on your passions. You can make your dreams happen. Jessica Remington. She's a member of the Jane Goodall Institute's National Youth Leadership Council and has been a keynote speaker at several United Nations conferences. I think we know that the way that the media system portrays our communities and portrays ourselves is not just individually abusive. It really affects the way our communities function. And so for our communities to really be liberated and be self-determined, we really need to take back the media system just the way that we're taking back our communities. Fenmori Sandaljan is a second-generation Tamil untouchable Dalit woman. 
She's a filmmaker, singer, and grassroots media activist who has helped connect over 300 grassroots community organizations across the United States with media resources. Fenmori was featured in Utney Magazine as one of 30 visionaries under 30 and in Source Magazine as one of the top 10 political forces in contemporary hip-hop. I think one thing you always hear in the media is that young people are really violent. And they actually did this report in the San Francisco Chronicle that talked about the fact that even though that's the stereotype and that's what you see in the news, the reality is, at least in San Francisco, 98% of the young people in San Francisco had said they had never committed a crime. 98%. And then they talk about the fact that even though in the news stories they portray young people as the people committing crimes, the reality is they are more often the victims of adult crimes. But three-quarters of the news stories say the opposite. So we know that there's not truth in what's being talked about, and it has impacts about the way that they try and push, like, juvenile justice initiatives and try and really criminalize young people. So I think one of the answers that we're looking to and why it's really critical for us to make media is that youth media is an alternative media. It really is the media, and we can set a standard around justice that makes the difference. Do you know me? Do you know who we be? I am knowledge seeking knowledge seeking myself. You stole our history, made yourself the hero, and then charged us admission to see a vision of our ancestors trapped in a glass box. From glass box to idiot box, I am not the crack whore, target of war, robber, rapist, video girl. If there is so much reality TV, how come I never see the real me? www.wherethehellibe.com.net.org.police. If the internet and cyberspace are the sum total of human experience, why again is the human experience defined not to include me? When I search for myself, young, black, Asian, Chicana, beautiful, and free, I find 10 entries of porn and 10 portals of lost dreams. Who builds it is different than who codes it, is different than who uses it. I am the mother warrior. I am the sister soldier. I am dreaming the revolution of self that begins with me and my womb. It is the magic of our people, the third world majority, one nation under hip-hop elevating self. Beginning one block at a time, we speak the truth of her story. As we have always known it and continue to build it, we struggle within the belly of the beast, against police brutality, prisons, the INS, against bad schools, no wage jobs, and gentrification, against violence and genocide in our minds, our bodies, and spirits. As new mystics, new MCs, new prophets, new DJs, new organizers, new breakers, new parents, new graph writers, new poets, and new dreamers. Expressing the five elements, we define the world in our own image with each lyric, tag, poem, beat, and song. We organize our communities in a culture of resistance. I know me. We know who we be. We are knowledge seeking knowledge seeking ourselves. That is the voice of Cayende Coejo from Fenmori Sandarjan's film entitled Who We Be. There's a whole bunch of youth media projects that I think that are also really addressing about how to really get the youth media get, to get 
I think not just the message out to young people, but to actually have young people define and set the agenda for themselves. And I think one project is a, is a youth initiative that Thoreau Majority does called Tell It Like It Is, which actually brings youth organizers from around the country for three days. And the last time we did it, it was in Hollywood, and it was 30 youth organizations making 30 movies in three days. And each of the organizations that were there were there to make their movies in the heart of the evil media empire, but then to actually take their stories and take it back to the media complex. And so in addition to making those pieces, they actually went and did interviews with local press to talk about why aren't you guys covering their issues accurately. So I think there's a lot about the creation of media that actually gets linked up to then being able to change the media, which is really powerful. Then Maury Soundarjan. Living in South Central, you know, in L.A., for me, it was, it was difficult. You know, I had hit rock bottom. I was in probation school. I was caught up in the gang violence. You know, I didn't know how to stay out of trouble. To tell the truth, I don't know who sent me this gift, but I had the opportunity to join a youth program, and um, I was thinking, you know, why not? Manuel Francisco was a graduate of the Ralph J. Bunch Youth Leadership Academy in South Central Los Angeles. Before I joined that, I was ignorant. I was really, really ignorant. I didn't know nothing about... You know, I didn't even know who the mayor of L.A. was. I didn't know none of that. I mean, it, it took me a pretty good minute to be right here where I am right now and a lot of knowledge. So, Ralph Bunch, you know, I feel like if it wasn't for, for that youth program, I, I feel like I would have just ended up more and more in this deep hole that I was falling into, you know, probably even in jail or dead, you know. Manuel Francisco is a 20-year-old activist and community organizer who works with the indigenous people's group Tloque Nahuake Teocali which addresses issues of gang violence, civil engagement, healthy eating, and recycling. He recently studied social movements and organizations in Brazil and is a part of the Environmental Justice Recycling Program. The Trocanawake, you know, the Trocanawake Teocali program, you know, that's based, now, that's mainly just to help people like me, you know. I work with them because I want to do the same thing that Rob Bunch did to me, help me get out of the, the problems that I was sent to. And that's what Tlokanawake does, and it, and it does it in a whole different way. This, they, do, they do it in um, teaching the youth about the indigenous ways, having respect for the environment, for everything, you know, for their women, for um, just everything that life gives you and, and opportunities you get in life. And um, all, like, the things we're working on now. We do this furniture to fundraise for our youth, pro- for our program for Tlokanawake. The wood comes from the land. Up north, um, it's, I think, 650 acres. And this wood, um, it's like timber wood. It's not, nobody had, you know, it was just wood that was there when we got the land. So we use that wood to um, do furniture, you know, create new jobs in our community, you know, try to help people that are caught up in, our, in the, you know, the things that I was caught up in. We're trying to create something big right here, you know. We're trying to bring our culture back to our communities. You know, I'm just one person, but... I could help another person, just one-on-one, you know. I could help just one person. That's, that's all I need to do. Somebody helped me, and it was just one person. You know, that's what they wanted, and they got me. And that's what I want to do, too. Manuel Francisco. Furniture he makes to raise money for Tloque Nahuake Teocali comes from the wood of naturally downed trees. Our mission is to help youth activists in high schools and middle schools combat homophobia and transphobia and any other form of oppression from classism to ageism, um, environmental racism also. 
Caleb Ryan, 18, is a student at Vista Community College in Berkeley. He's an activist and political artist. The core of his work is developing youth leadership. He's been a trainer, youth council member intern, and board member of the Gay Straight Alliance, or GSA, network. I personally got involved with GSA Network by attending their activist camp in 2002, if I remember correctly. Um, It's a three-day overnight camp. It's free. We've had a sliding scale that started this year for about $10. For three days, we provide room and board for all the students who go there, about 30 in Northern California and Southern California. We just added a Central Valley camp, um, and we teach students about how this country perpetuates oppression and how we can stop oppression. Everything from the gender binary system, which teaches us that, you know, boys have a penis and girls have vagina and you better stay where you are or else there's a lot of trouble to come, to racism in its many forms, ageism, classism, sizeism. And for a lot of students, what they come away with isn't just a knowledge to help back their activism, but a community and peer resources to help them actually implement all of these awesome ideas that they have. Caleb has been involved in many Gay Straight Alliance campaigns. One project has been to support the success of AB 537, the California Student Safety and Violence Prevention Act of 2000. AB 537 changed California's education code by adding actual or perceived sexual orientation and gender identity to the existing non-discrimination policy. The Make It Real campaign is a workbook to help students implement AB 537 in their schools. Even though it's been passed, there are a lot of school districts that aren't too thrilled about it. Um, L.A. School District actually had some problems with implementing the law and actually protecting students. Um, Some local school districts have as well. And Make It Real has helped a lot of schools, including myself and my my high school, American High School, um, start their GSAs and actually be able to stand up to administration and say, like, You may not approve of what it is that we're trying to do, but we have just as much of a right to have this club and to make our school a safe place for us. Caleb Ryan. I work with an organization called Fourth World Rising. Um, We are a media justice project, and we started about two years ago, and the focus of our project is to really work with indigenous youth um, to help them see that preserving and protecting traditional knowledge in indigenous communities is really an act of defiance and an act against sort of the media empire that we see as a colonizing force and certainly a force that has come into our communities and taken our stories from us. Amelia Anderson is a co-founder of Fourth World Rising, a member organization in the National Media Justice Network. She's currently the director of political education and action with the League of Rural Voters. Amalia is also a field representative for the American Indian Treaty Council and participates in United Nations bodies such as the Working Group on Indigenous Populations and the Permanent Forum on Indigenous Issues. I think not just for indigenous youth, but for many young people of color today, we feel like we're always put in positions where our stories are told to us, but the people who tell the stories to us don't come from our communities. And so there's this sort of disconnect between the the histories that we learn about ourselves and why we're not learning them from our own communities, or the ways we learn them from our own communities are then challenged by more glamorous, sexy, um, high-tech media that that really takes us away from the stories and the traditions that are important to who we are. 
And for indigenous peoples, really, um, traditional stories and traditional knowledge is a centerpiece to our identity. And it's what we feel as custodial, as the custodial caretakers of the land. We feel like maintaining those traditional stories helps maintain the balance um, that's, that we need to preserve the country and the world for the next generations. One of the ways we initially began was through an oral history video project because we realized that as different meetings were being held in the Twin Cities and different speakers were brought in from around the world, there wasn't any real way to sort of preserve and protect that information that was shared during those sessions. And so it was only for the benefit of people who were able to get to hear these speakers. And so we started working with youth from Heart of the Earth Survival School, which is a native um, school in the Twin Cities to teach them how to do video history interviews so that they could actually talk with elders, so that they could develop stories and they could really work with elders to get them to share this knowledge, but then it would be actually preserved in a way that could be useful to many people. And one of the things that came out of out of this training session and working with different elders about the importance of them feeling like they were able to pass on these stories to young people too was this idea of when an elder dies a library burns and that sort of has sort of has been the theme of how we do our work from now on is that we see like each individual member of an indigenous community as being a library in and of themselves and that goes for everybody in this room too that we need to start thinking about our own life experiences as being really important to preserving and protecting what's going on in the world and that we need to find ways to make all of our voices in this room really central to all of the conversations about what kind of world we'd like for ourselves, for our families, for our communities. Amalia Anderson, co-founder of Fourth World Rising. Again, here's Destiny Arts youth performance company poet and performer Romani Hong. How often do you wonder why, instead of just accepting what is, well, I don't know why, but I know that this is my reality. Katrina came to cause chaos. The president's still relaxing on his days off, dismissing the impoverished. While gas prices skyrocket to fill already full pockets. Bombs drop over Baghdad, and I still don't understand it. How you just gonna run up, stick a gun up, and call it U.S. territory? You're trying to help the people? Where there's two sides to every story. We spent millions killing millions, broken homes and dead children, mothers screaming, Allah, help us! Our heroes don't listen. Who are the real terrorists? I could say I don't care, but I'd be lying worse than Bush did. Life ain't worth living unless you dying for a cause. Let me be your Jesus for today. Carry the torch like liberty to light and lead your way. Open up your eyes and ears. I know you hear me. I am the future. Y'all cats should fear me. Because as long as my heart continues to pound against my chest, my passion for peace and justice continues to manifest. Romani Hong. Finally, we hear from award-winning youth eco-activist Lily Dong. As a seventh grader, Lily began a campaign to preserve a local chaparral area called Arroyo Seco in South Pasadena, California. She founded the Arroyo Field Science Club and was able to convince the public and city authorities to preserve the Arroyo as a natural park. The park opened in October 2004. As young leaders today, part of our mission, I think, is to remind our peers and adults that aside from the political, cultural, or various other differences, what buries deep down in every human heart 
is the desire for goodness. What is better to enable such goodness other than a better environment? Sometimes in our work, we see ourselves as defenders of nature. Still, nature can bless us with the gift of understanding. It is the embodiment of purity, benevolence, and hope. My mother often tells me the Chinese proverb, Li shen zhe su ren. It means before you can grow tall as the trees, or rather call yourself an activist, you must erect yourself on solid ground with integrity, objectivity, and the penchantness of seeing the goodness in your opponents, despite amidst all darkness. So listen, be silent, and be in awe of the music of nature. In Chicago, in Berkeley, in New York, wherever you go and wherever you call home. Thank you. Lily Dong, Romani Hong, Amelia Anderson, Caleb Ryan, Manuel Francisco, Finmori Sandarajan, and Jessica Remington. A few of this next generation's great defenders of nature, social justice, and the best aspirations of humanity. Acting on their passions, dreaming the future, they are making tomorrow today with the power of youth. To find the latest resources related to this program or to order a copy of this show, visit Bioneers.org or call 877-246-6337. Practical solutions and social innovations for our most pressing environmental and social challenges can also be found online at Bioneers.org. Choose from articles, news releases, blogs, event calendars, books, CDs, podcasts, and DVDs. You can learn more about the Bioneers through their annual conference and by becoming a member. To register and join online, go to Bioneers.org or call 877-246-6337. The Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Osabel. Written by Kenny Osabel and Neil Harvey. Senior producer, Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Production assistants, Jenny McGinn and Marita Prandoni. Distribution is by WFMT Radio Network. Original recordings provided by Conference Recording Service. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Ryko Disc label. Additional music was made available by Sounds True at SoundsTrue.com. For more music information, please visit Bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in improving the environment by changing the world. This is program number 0407. This program was made possible in part by Organic Valley's pasture-raised organic dairy products, bringing the good from our family farmers to your table at organicvalley.coop.